This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to No Really, I'm Fine. My name's Matt and I am the producer of the show. And as you may have already guessed, Gemma isn't with us to record the introduction today. Uh, She is off doing other things and it just couldn't happen today. So you're stuck with me, guys, and hopefully that's okay. But we will see how this introduction pans out. Today's episode is really good. It's really useful. Gemma spoke to Emma Carrington from Rethink, and they talked through a bunch of advice, tips and tricks you can use to keep yourself entertained or keep yourself active in your mind and things you can do to support your mental health during this during this really weird, difficult time. And uh, hopefully that will bring you some sort of relief in some way. I, I don't know. We're just doing our best to to get things to you that may help. And hopefully it does. I won't go on too long. I mean, we all know what's going on and I could sit here and use this as therapy if <laughs> if if I really felt like it. But I think you guys probably just want to hear the conversation. So this is Gemma talking to Emma Carrington from Rethink. I hope you enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening. Hi, everyone. I am joined by Emma today. Emma, would you like to introduce yourself, please, and, and tell our lovely listeners who you are and where, where you work? Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Emma Carrington. Um, I am the manager of um, the National Advice and Information Service for Rethink Mental Illness. Um, we're a, um, so Rethink is a national mental health charity. Um, it's one that not many people have heard of, um, but we actually have an awful lot of services across the country. Um, and like I say, we have like a national advice and information service that I manage. Um, and we provide um, sort of practical advice and information to people um, affected by mental illness. That can be people with lived experience, um, carers, professionals, employers as well. Um, it, we do that by phone, email, web chat chat and letter. Uh, we're a very small team. Uh, I've got four advisors and two senior advisors, um, but we're all very, very committed to what we do and, um, you know, really passionate about it. Um, just to give you a little bit of a background on Rethink, because um, like I said, not many people have heard of the, the charity. Um, we started off as the National Schizophrenia Fellowship. Um, so um, we probably deal more with the kind of severe mental illness end of the scale, schizophrenia, um, bipolar disorder, schizoaffective disorder and personality disorders. Um, That's kind of our specialism, if you like, although obviously we kind of work with people with um, mental illnesses across the whole range uh, of mental health. So with you just mentioning that there then, obviously the what's going on at the moment with, with the coronavirus. It's it's scary enough for, for anyone. 
But what do you think it's yeah. going to be like for people who do have schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or one of those mental illnesses you've just mentioned? I think that, um, as you said, I mean, the situation is very kind of anxiety provoking for anybody. Um, and, and I think that um, when you have a severe mental illness, sometimes your, your anxiety can be worse. Um, so there is a chance that that could affect people's um, mental illness um, more. Um, I guess one of um, our particular concerns is around, um, you know, getting the care and support that, that you need during this time. Um, we have a lot of people, we, we get a, a lot of people actually calling the advice line who are kind of elderly parents, sort of in their 70s and 80s, um, who are caring for adult um, children with things like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Um, and obviously there are some concerns that if those elderly parents are having to um, self-isolate, um, you know, that's going to have an impact on um, care for those, those people um, with their mental illness so um, that is something that um, you know we've, we've put some advice out about that because it is something that we are concerned about. So, so what should they do then can you talk to me a little bit about that advice? Sure I mean I think first of all it's um, and, and thinking really from the person maybe who's caring for those people um, so you know planning for the fact that this is probably going to happen you know you're, you're probably I mean already we're being told um, people over a certain age with, and with underlying health conditions should be kind of um, almost kind of ex doing extreme social distancing. Um, so start planning now. Think about if there are any other um, relatives that um, aren't self-isolating that can help. Um, the really important thing actually for either the carer or the person experiencing mental illness um, is to speak to your doctor um, your community mental health team, whoever it is that you have that contact with, let them know that you're not going to get that care and support from your relative. Um, most GPs and community mental health teams at the moment, or a lot of them, are um, doing phone call appointments rather than having to go into the surgery. So um, that actually suits a lot of a, a lot of our clients. Um, so give them a call and actually you know talk to them. Let them know about what support it is that you need and what support it is that you're not going to be getting. Um, a, a kind of practical thing to kind of do with that is um, you may have a care plan um, and, you know, dig your care plan out, have a look at it and think about what it is that you should be getting that is going to be affected, you know, if your, your carer can't come in and see you. Um, and actually, like I say, actually talk to your mental health team or your GP about that. Obviously, social services, if they're involved as well, your local authority, you can speak to them. Um, many people may have a care coordinator. Um, and if you have a care coordinator, that will be your first port of call. So they're the people that are um, responsible for making sure that you get the care um, that you that you should be getting. Um, Go on, you were going to say something. No, 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 carry on. No, please um, do carry I was just on. Say, I'm really aware that I'm giving kind of loads of information and things. Um, but um, the other thing, particularly kind of looking at this from the carer's point of view, because they're probably going to be the ones that are um, kind of coordinating this kind of support for people. Um, have a look um, to see if there are any support groups in your area, carer support groups. Um, so, um, Places like Carers Trust, 
um, or even, uh, so I mean, Rethink, we have quite a lot of carer support groups. There might be somebody in those support groups that can actually help you out as well. Mm. Um, and also on a more local level, one of the lovely things that we've seen happen because of this crisis is communities coming together. Um, so, for example, I've set up a local kind of COVID-19 support group for my area um, and we're arranging to, you know, get um, shopping to people that need it, picking prescriptions up, um, providing kind of emotional support calls and things. So have a look online to see if there's any services like that, you know, any kind of support like that in your area as well. Yeah. So what about general tips then for people who need to self-isolate and you know they're perhaps worried about about the mental well-being while while they're at home and in particular you know those who may have schizophrenia or may have bipolar disorder who don't have you know that yeah. support from a from a carer what what should how should they look after their mental well-being well, I think that um, having a routine is very important. As somebody that's self-isolating myself, I can really, um, I can really empathise with this. Um, keeping a routine is really important. Um, so, you know, making sure that you're getting up at the same time as normal, going to bed at the same time, trying to. Um, we all know that sleep is a. It can be a massive trigger for. Um, uh, mental um, health problems um, whether you've got a mental illness or not you know if you've got um, bipolar or schizophrenia for example lack of sleep can be a real trigger for making that illness worse um, so trying to turn the tv off stop looking at the news stop looking at facebook and things before you go to bed because you need your brain to just calm down and get into that space for actually getting a good night's sleep um, and I think throughout the day as well, what, what people can sometimes find, and you know, I've certainly found this, that you can become so overwhelmed by what's happening. You know, things are changing, you know, almost on an hourly basis. Um, so if you're finding that that's kind of affecting um, your mental health, um, turn the news and things off. So maybe just have a couple of times a day where you actually, you know, check in with it. So. Um, you know, what I'm doing is just watching um, the BBC News in the morning and then again at five o'clock when the government are doing their kind of update. And and I'm just giving myself those times to look at it. And then I'm kind of you know limiting any anxiety that, that kind of comes out of those. Um, so that's kind of, as I've said, keeping a routine, making sure you sleep, um, reducing the kind of impact of kind of um, social media and the news on, on your mental health. I think the other thing actually with social media is um, it, it's really important to keep those kind of um, connections going um, because we are all social animals at the end of the day. And, um, you know, we could become more there's a risk that we could become more isolated, um, you know, by kind of self isolating at home, if you like. So mm -hmm. we've got to think about other ways to connect with people. Um, I'll come on to that in a moment. But. Um, obviously, Facebook is a way to do that. But the other thing is that you've got a lot of people on Facebook who are maybe sharing things that are making you feel uncomfortable or anxious. So think about um, muting some of those people. Um, it doesn't let them know that you've done that. So you haven't got to worry about upsetting anybody, but it just means that you won't see their items coming through. So it just helps to kind of, again, 
keep you calm and things. Um, in relation to kind of keeping that social contact going, we've got to kind of think about other ways to do this. Um, so, you know, making sure that you're keeping in contact with family and friends if you have those. Um, and um, obviously, you can do that by phone, Skype, WhatsApp, all those kind of things. Um, what can be a really nice thing to do, <coughs> excuse me, um, when you're self-isolating, one day seems to um, just merge into another. Um, yeah, I've forgotten, what, yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten what day it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, so, you know, maybe setting up a call each day or every couple of days with somebody um, so that you've, you've got something to look forward to and a little bit of contact. Um, obviously, there are going to be people that are isolated anyway and don't have friends or family. Um, so, again, have a look to see if there are any support groups in your local area. A lot of those are doing... Um, kind of calls to people, um, kind of befriending calls so that you've got somebody to talk to. Um, you can also use lines like um, the Samaritans, Sane Line and places like that. Um, you know, we, we often think about um, emotional support lines as being there if we're kind of, um, you know, struggling with suicidal thoughts and things, but they're not just there for that. It's for people that are just in some distress. So, you know, if, if you're struggling with isolation, then you can always call those numbers as well. A lot, a lot of information there then, um, which, which is good um, and, and really helpful. How, how would you say then the coronavirus has perhaps affected Rethink in a way? Has it, has it affected you guys and the way you work? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just, I mean, thinking about my team, because um, that's obviously what's close to my heart. Um, so we're, as I said, a really small team. We're based up in Birmingham and we all sit in the same office. And um, it's really lovely coming in every day and seeing people's faces and just being there to be able to, you know, if you've got somebody on the phone who, um, you know, maybe um, you need a little bit of help answering their call. You know, you've got your colleagues around you to talk to. Um, and at the moment, most of the team are working from home. Um, we've got a couple left in the office, um, but that's been quite difficult to manage. You know, managing a team when you're all in different places is different for me. Um, and I think that, um, and, and, and I know across the whole of Rethink that, you know, people are having to work from home that aren't used to working from home. Um, and that's having an impact on people, actually. So, you know, I mean, I've spoken to a couple of people who, um, you know, aren't usually working from home and they're saying, you know, this is really difficult. And um, but what's been really nice about it is um, whereas normally I might talk to people in a professional capacity, um, it's it's kind of increased a little bit of the, you know, just having a quick Skype conversation. How are you? How are you doing? Um, you know, what are things looking like out of your office window, your office slash bedroom window today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, it's just keeping that human contact. Um, because at the end of the day, I always think that, um, you know, we're supporting people um, with that, that are living with mental illness. Some of um, our staff live with mental illness as well. Um, but if we don't look after our own well-being, then we can't be there for people. So it's really important to, to just check in with people and, and make sure they're OK. Well, I've found as well, um, I don't know about about you, Em, but I've found 
you talk to people like your colleagues and friends even more so now yeah. don't you because sometimes when you go into the office it's very much a quick hello and then yeah. get, get into work and the routine but if anything it's the the positive of all this is perhaps it's opening up those conversations even more so yeah. I absolutely agree and I remember on on Tuesday night I realized I was going to have to um self-isolate because I'm in a, a high in the high risk group and um I, I said to somebody that I, I've never spoken to so many people in one evening um, for ages because so many mm. people were calling and just making sure that I was okay and things. And I am, I'm absolutely fine. But um, yeah, I think it's it's really lovely to see how people are kind of coming together and um, just looking out, out for each other. So let's go on to um, some of the concerns that I've seen on social media um, and, and in the media regarding um, changes to the mental health factor during this time, because there's a lot of pressure on services, isn't there, at the moment, especially the NHS um, and other what the government are calling key workers. Yeah. But there's been some concern raised about, you know, services being perhaps reduced um you know for, for for those who help people with mental illnesses so can you talk to me a bit about that and and inform our listeners what's going on with, with the mental health act at the moment yeah so just before i do that i'm just going to make clear that there's a difference between the mental health act and mental health services so right um, m- many people may be under mental health services so you might be going to the community mental health team you might be um uh, getting um, talking therapies you might be seeing a psychiatrist or a um, psychologist for example um, that's to do with the mental health service I mean personally for me I had an appointment um, booked with um, services who uh, at Age UK who offer counselling next week and, and they rang me yesterday to to cancel that appointment and mm-hmm. um, obviously it's disappointing but I, I understand and Fortunately for me, I'm in quite a good place at the moment, so um, I can I can be okay with that. But I know a lot of people aren't and are really yeah. look not looking forward to it, but are really sort of, you know, um, hoping for those appointments to, in order for them to make themselves feel better. So perhaps other people would have reacted in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, outside of my role for Rethink, um, I'm also a qualified counsellor and I volunteer working for a specialist um, counselling service um, that works with the LGBT community in Birmingham Um, and I had exactly the same thing so last Wednesday last week um, I went in to see uh, got my appointments with my clients um, and was told actually from this week onwards we can't do face-to-face appointments Um, so I've sat on the other side of that and know how um, upsetting I was absolutely gutted about the fact that you know I can't be there to to sort support my clients um when it comes to things like therapy uh, many services are providing um they can't they've obviously a lot of them are stopping face to face um but some of them are um providing telephone um support um Skype um counseling so all of those things are going on what I would say whether it's to do with your counselling appointments or um, appointments with the with your community mental health team, is the services should really, if possible, have rang you to let you know what they're doing. 
Um, but as you can imagine, um, that can be quite a big job for them to do. Mm. So um, if you haven't heard from them, just ring them and say, you know, can you just let me know what's happening with my appointments and things and, and how I get the support and help if I need it. Um, they're trying days for all of us. And, and I mean, I do feel sorry for the, the NHS, you know, because they really are, aren't they, at the front line of trying to deal with this. Um, but they're, they're doing the best they can. So um, give them a call if you haven't heard from them to find out what they're doing and how they should be supporting you would be my advice. In relation to the Mental Health Act, um, so the government brought in some emergency legislation yesterday. Um, it doesn't just cover the kind of Mental Health Act, but all lots and lots of different areas um, that might be affected by the coronavirus outbreak. So we'll just touch on the mental health stuff. So from the point of view of the Mental Health Act, um, when we talk about the Mental Health Act, what that actually is, is when somebody has become um, so unwell that they are a risk to themselves or others and they need to be detained in hospital. So many of us have heard of the term being sectioned. Um, mm -hmm. That's where that's the Mental Health Act. It's, it's, that's the piece of law that deals with having people in hospital kind of against their will, if you like. So there are some changes to that. Um, the main ones, that there is a blog that we've written actually on rethink.org, um, which kind of goes through all these in, in a lot more detail. But basically, the, the legislation is temporary. I know a lot of people are kind of concerned about this. It's temporary and it's not taking place immediately. So they've brought this legislation in just so that if staff numbers in the NHS, um, and particularly when we're talking about the Mental Health Act, we're talking about... Um, kind of uh, doctors who are specialist in deciding whether people need to be detained um, under the Mental Health Act. If those numbers are significantly reduced, um, changes need to be made. So an example would be that um, usually under the Mental Health Act, um, if um, someone feels that you need to maybe go into hospital, um, usually what happens is two doctors will assess you together with a professional called an approved mental health professional or an AMP. Um, so two doctors and the AMP will um, decide whether you need to be in hospital. Because of the fact that staff numbers may be significantly reduced, what they've had to do is bring that down or what they, what they will do if needed um, is bring that down so that only one doctor needs to assess you and the AMP needs to be involved as well. The AMPS role is really important because they actually look at things more from a kind of social perspective than a medical one. So it's important that they're there as well. Um, so that's that, that's kind of a, a big change. Um, and also there's going to be some changes around, I won't go into all of them, but um, mm -hmm. there's going to be some changes around the kind of time scales that you can be kept in hospital for. Because obviously, you know, with reduced staff numbers, they might not be able to kind of assess you as quickly as in the past. So they're bringing things in to kind of increase some of those timescales if needed. I absolutely stress that because this, this is not in place already. They, these will only be brought in if staff numbers reduce so significantly that, you know, kind of emergency procedures need to come in. What do you think is, is going to happen, Emma, in terms of you know, the way this is going to pan out with 
with the coronavirus and 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 um and in particular people's mental well-being i know that's a difficult question for a crystal ball but, but i was just um, gonna say i haven't got a crystal ball <laughs> sadly i'd probably make a lot of money if i did um it is a really hard one that i think that um things are going to change you know depending on how long we're in this situation for um you know we're, we're all kind of um as things kind of go on um it might become more difficult for people but then also on the positive side of that you know as i said these community support groups and things that are coming up and all of these kind of um uh, measures that are being brought in we're going to get more used to them and people will become you know things should become a little more well oiled if you like um so it's really it is really really hard to say i think that what we just need to do because it is very anxiety provoking what we need to do is focus on ourselves and our well-being um keeping in touch with those people that um are close to us to keep that human contact going keep speaking to um your doctor your gp your community mental health team and just be very aware of looking after your own well-being that might be things like you know if if you're lucky enough to have a garden getting out into your garden and having you know just getting some fresh air and being with a bit of nature um it might be learning something new you know maybe you've been putting off learning a foreign language or you know a hobby or learn how to knit um having a look as well at kind of what is available online i think is really helpful um i was just thinking then about the fact that um somebody that i know on facebook has been um doing little videos each night teaching people how to crochet <laughs> and they yeah they live with mental illness themselves and and it's just their way of trying to connect with people and you know it's created this little community which is really lovely so there's lots of people doing things like that and and i think it's just finding other ways to keep connected with people because being connected together with kind of sleep and eating healthy i think are the most important things when it comes to dealing with our well-being and and finally Emma, where can people go um if our listeners are listening to this and are wondering how to find out more on some of the topics yet that you mentioned to do a yeah, rethink absolutely so if you go to our website rethink.org um on the main page there we have got um a link to covid-19 support and that's going to be um a rolling blog that my team are busy writing stuff for as we speak um it's a very busy time for us um so as we're kind of finding more information out we will be putting things on there um there's also information on there about maintaining your well-being um advice for carers of those with severe mental illnesses there's the stuff about the temporary changes to the mental health act loads of information on there um we also run um a number of support groups now obviously with the situation as it is at the moment our support groups aren't meeting face to face um but i know that um they're they're all trying different ways of kind of keeping that support going whether via telephone skype things like that so um there's also information on there about our support groups as well brilliant well thank you so much and it's been lovely talking to you
Thanks very much, Gemma, and I hope everyone stays safe out there and keep connected.